Welcome and thank you for listening to this message from Legacy Church New Braunfels. To connect with us, go to LegacyNB.com. Now enjoy this message from our special guest. We had an amazing, amazing time uh, all day yesterday and then Friday night. We just wanted to spend a brief time to just share with you guys what happened. Some of you guys may be visiting today and to know we did an event called Love New Braunfels. We started it in 2017, we did it in 2018, 2019, and then of course COVID happened and we stopped doing it for a couple of years and then the Lord said now it's time to reboot it again. So if you guys have a testimony, you guys were out, whether you're on the canvassing team, we went Friday afternoon. We went canvassing as well as um, all day Saturday, went through the neighborhood door to door, just praying for people, loving on people, asking them if they need prayer, just for anything. Um, and then some went to the park, went across the street, went to Landa, had some crazy, amazing divine encounters. And even after everything was over, divine encounters just kept on happening. I kept getting, you know, messages and texts and saying all kinds of things are just continuing because there's a, a flow of evangelism that um, we've talked about for a while. And it is, uh, you could just see it get unlocked and released even at a greater level. And of course, the Tina Revive, uh, the Time to Revive team or whatever was with us as well made such a huge difference. And the tools that they have and the way that they minister just made everything so easy, made it simple. So I just want to encourage you guys, um, the team, um, if you guys were out canvassing, if there were a few of you wanted to share a testimony, uh, I'm going to ask that you, it's like 30 seconds. Like, and I also want to ask you to honor um, not dropping names and, and like too specific where we don't want to expose anybody, um, you know, that kind of a thing. But just like, you know, I, I know, for example, of um, I was watching Erica in the kids' tent. We had a tent where we had, we called it the kids' tent, but it was really anyone who wanted to gather and get a free snow cone. We had lots of adults get snow cones too. Um, and, um, and it was just, it was a hit. But they'd come and they'd gather under the shade and just get loved on. There was arts and crafts. There was um, games that the kids played. I mean, it was just, just fun, you know, just fun. Praying for healing, all kinds of things happen. We did have at least nine confirmed salvations this weekend. Yeah. I know there's more because not everybody turned in their cards and not everybody wrote down all the testimonies. But I know there's at least nine uh, confirmed salvations, at least five or six physical healings, dramatic physical healings that took place. Lots and lots of tears of emotional healing and ministry time took place. But if you guys have a testimony that you just really like, yes, I want to share this, had this encounter with this person, the one that I was going to share while you guys come up, I'm going to invite you guys to all come up, whether you're in the kids' tent canvassing, whether you were um, at the car wash, we gave it, we had free car, we just, we just did free car washes for like ever, it seemed like. I, don't, I, I wish we actually counted, someone would count the cars because there were so many cars that went through. And then the laundry mat. We, we paid for people's laundry. There was no hesitation paying for people's laundry, and they were undone. And I'm going to tell you, it was surprising because a lot of people are like, man, you know, um, I wish Ms. I'll have to tell the story that Miss Chris told me too. Because when we prayed to break before we went, one of, part, one of the part of my prayers was like, Lord, even if they like miss their exit, they miss their turn, like just bring them in or whatever. And she just laughed hysterically telling me this testimony about a lady that's like, I don't even know how we found you. Like we, like she is like, we're actually from Corpus Christi and we, we, we were driving and we like took the wrong exit, you know, and I'll, you know, and so, and there, I mean, it was just crazy stories like that. People from all over, you guys, not even from this area. Like I, I heard cities from all over town 
Texas, where people were driving through, driving in and around, just happened to see us, happened to come through, again, missed their exit or took a wrong turn or whatever and just saw all the shirts and the signs and just wanted to come in, see what was going on. Or people were coming and like, oh, y'all get a car wash, what are y'all doing? And they're expecting it like a fundraiser, donations. And it clearly it says no donate, free car wash, no donations on the thing. And they're like, no donations? And then why are you doing it? Like, we just want to love you. We just want to bless you. And I had this one sweet mama drive up with these three beautiful little girls. And she's like, what are you doing this for? Like, you sure I can't give you money? And I'm like, no. I'm like, thank you, but we're not going to take your money. And then she kind of argued a little bit and was like, you know, but, but you know, I, I want to be able to bless you too, you know. And I was like, thank you. We just want to bless you. And I was like, listen, how many times as a mom have you just let somebody just give to you and you just receive it? And she was like, tears. And then I said, Anne, and I looked right at her girls and her sweet little dog, and I was like, and we've got snow cones. And they're like, yay! You know, and so we had snow cones and games, and it was just precious. And they went, and they got her car washed, and they hung out for a little while and just got loved on. And they came, and she came back around and just again, just in tears in her eyes, just thank you so much. And then she just let us pray for her and just bless her. And it was just beautiful. So many stories like that. So I'm going to ask you guys to share your favorite story. Try to keep it to about 30 seconds just so that we can get through everybody's. Um, but one I want to share, I saw Erica was loving on a, a Hispanic man was under the tent. And I can tell we didn't have a translator around. So I was looking for somebody. And, and Martha, I don't, I don't know if she's here. Is she gone already? Okay. We had lots of people on their team, guys, that drove in from Fort Worth, from Katie, from all over Texas to come in and join uh, from Jason's team. So, um, but anyway, um, I saw Erica like trying. She's like, I'm so sorry, Lucieto. I don't understand what you're saying. And I could tell. And I was like, hold on. I went. I tracked down Martha. And I said, there's a guy over there. And she went over, prayed with him. He was 78 years old and accepted Jesus. Come on. So anyway, so I'll start with you, Dorothy. I know you have lots of them, but yeah, try. Well, you, I'll give. I'll let you have two or three. Listen, yeah, I'll, I'll hold the mic. But Dorothy has a spirit of evangelism, and, and has, and I have to say this: she has had such a heart for this from day one. This is part of your calling. Dorothy is to raise up um, and love on women, especially the Spanish community. Um, we. We did this several years ago. She had an amazing group of people. She's leading Bible studies with them. She's got a handful of people she turned in notes. So, like, they're all willing to join her Bible study and stuff. I mean, she's just going after it. So I just love your heart. And I know this is a, a reset even, you know, for her um, and this ministry that I know she's called to. So thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for the team. Time to revive. We went out um, Friday, and I got to learn, get a new tool, which, by the way, if you don't ever see me wearing this, you might ask me, because this is just a great, um, if, you, if you weren't here for the training, ask about it. I know there's some of these floating around. It's just a great conversation starter, like, what, what are those colors? What are those verses? And you can start telling them, and it's the gospel right here at our hands, so it's a great conversation. So um, the story, we, I did get the privilege of, of leading two people on Friday to Christ and two people on uh, Saturday. But the story I want to tell um, is actually, um, one, how God prepared these, these two people. And I think they kind of came in through the back door. And I just, I just want to explain that because it might actually help somebody. I was, I was raised Catholic and 
So I, I didn't understand the gospel that I had a choice to receive Jesus till I went to my hairdresser's church when I was 16. So that's my story. Um, and so we were going around the corner. I was with Chez. He's uh, from Kerrville. And he's like, how do you know Spanish? And I'm like, I, I told him my story. And, and, and he's like, oh, I don't know any Spanish except for the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. And he said it in Spanish. And I was like, well, that's cool. We turn the corner, and there's two women sitting on their porch. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, you know, he t- you talked about that voice, you know, that, that, and that was so helpful because there's that voice that will tell you don't do it. And I'm walking up, and I said, hi, my name's Dorothy Miss Ches. And they just look at me, but I'm thinking Spanish. Yep, they look very Spanish. And they look like my grandmother's, who was staunch Catholic. And I'm thinking, this is, you know, this is, and I look like Jehovah's Witness to them, I'm sure. I mean, that's what my head was saying. You're, you look like Jehovah's Witness. Just leave. Just say, God bless you. Well, tell them about the car wash, you know. But anyway. So, which is great, because if you don't know what to say, you just say the car. I'm talking too much. Okay, so I, I said, I'm Dorothy in Spanish. Yo soy Dorothy. Este es Chez. And, and I said, he doesn't know any Spanish, much Spanish, but he knows. And I, and I said, say your verse. And so he said his verse in Spanish, and they just looked at each other. They just looked at each other, and they're like, well, we were just talking. I, I talked a little more, and she goes, we were just talking about how we have Bibles, but we don't read them, but we have them open, because that's what we're supposed to do. We have them open in the house. But my friend said to me right before you walked up, well, I do remember I used to have one over my, my door that said, el Señor es mi pastor, nada necesitaré. The Lord is my pastor. And I was like, and just then the breeze, you know, cue in the breeze. And it was like, it's your prayers. It's the prayers. We were a team. And, and it was just so amazing because there is that spirit of religion, and it's hard to break through. But I was able to say, you know what, this is not a coincidence that I am here. And, of course, you know, it, it's very offensive, just so you know, to a Catholic to infer that they might not be a Christian. That is offensive. You can't get around that spirit of religion. But Troy, who's on the Time to Arrive team, showed me, like, he's like, oh, you're a Christian. Well, let me teach you how to give the gospel. I'm sorry, I'm taking a little longer, but this is a great tool. Because if they say you're a Christian, so you're like, let me teach you this to you. And they're like, oh, I get a gift if I listen. Okay, I'll listen, right? So you're like, let me teach you how to give the gospel. And I'm going to give you a bracelet so you can do it with somebody else. So now they're attentive. And as you go through each scripture, you're like, so how would you explain that? you know, to someone else. And of course, they kept giving me works. Every verse, they read works. And so we just had to really camp out there, you know, but they were getting it. And you could see they were just so hungry. You know, they were just really, really hungry. And, and, and so it was, it was good because they were getting the gospel. The light was coming on. They were hungry. And, um, um, you know, I did ask at the back, there's the prayer, and they're like, yeah, well, I've said some prayer like that, you know, and so I was like, okay, I had them read it, you know, I went ahead and had them read it out loud, because like, they're going to say it one way or another, you know, so, but, you know, they got up, they both, these are staunch, older, you know, like I said, you know, and they got up, and they were hugging me, and they were telling me, God brought you, I'm so grateful, thank you for coming, and to get around that spirit of religion. And it was, yeah, I mean, that does not usually, you don't usually get around that spirit of religion. So kudos to that tool. I'm just so excited about that. So good. Thank you, Dorothy. That, Rob. Here's our other evangelist leader here. I'll just say ditto to all of that. 
<laughs> any other any other quick testimony? Yeah, come on. Yeah. Um, I'm Suzanne. We're friends of your congregation, but um, we were able to lead a young lady to the Lord yesterday. But the thing I wanted to encourage you when we just started asking her what we could pray for, and she had a daughter that just had a baby that was not doing well. And so we just prayed for that. But then what she said was, well, my daughter's, her younger daughter has been asking me, why don't we go to church and been asking me questions. And she said, I don't have any background at all. And I don't, I don't have anything to say to her. And so I don't know what to do. Well, clearly it was a God set up. And I think that's what I want to encourage that when you go out, you're just partnering with God. God's are able to just link arms with the the Lord is is not really a difficult thing. It's really a joy. And so it was just really, and this this revival that we've been praying for, you know, this thing we've been praying for all these years, like it's not there. It's like here right now. Right. It really is. So just jump in, just jump in and be a part of it. Well, we went door to door in the morning, but in the afternoon, my friend Gary and I here, we decided we were going to go to Prince Soham Park. And we went over there, of course, everybody's sunning and tubing and everything else. But we got there and we said, Lord, lead us to the person you want to lead us to. And so we were walking by and there was this young boy sitting on, on the wall by himself. And he had this little booklet open. And I thought, that looks like a Christian devotional book. He's 13 years old. And so I went over and got into a conversation with him. And sure enough, it was a devotional book. He'd been praying. Gary kind of led him through the God. He knew the gospel. He had accepted the Lord, and then Gary said, well, have you ever been immersed? Have you ever been baptized? And he lit up, and he goes, I've been praying about being baptized. I've been praying. And he goes, he goes can I be baptized? Gary said, you want to do it now? And he goes, where, where? And I said, well, we'll do it in the river. And, he, and so we took him over to the river, and he was immersed, baptized in the name of the Father, second time in the name of the Son, third time in the name of the Holy Spirit, he came over to Gary. Gary laid hands on him and started praying for him. The kids started speaking in tongues. So, uh, shalom, y'all, by the way. Um, so, my life scripture verse is uh, Psalm 133, where it says, which is Hebrew for, Behold, how good and pleasant for brothers and sisters to dwell together in unity. And yesterday, there was such unity. It was incredible. So, I went out with a girl. Her name is Noel. She's not here right now. But she's, oh, Noel. Oh, good. Hey, Noel. So, good. Praise God. So, she wasn't, you know, she... She loves the Lord. She knows how to share her faith, but she wasn't sure how to do it the uh, time to revive way. So I said, well, let's, let's go out, and, and I'll just kind of show you how. And um, so we, came, we were knocking on doors, and we came across this couple, older couple. I don't think there's anybody older than me here, but anyway, older couple. And we just we shared with them, and um, they weren't married, but they were kind of working in the, in the yard together. And we just kind of shared, and we, we gave him a wristband. Him, he gets a wristband, she gets a bracelet, right, Noel? And, uh, <laughs> and I took out this book, and, we, and, we, and I had him read the Scripture verses. And they were Catholic. And after we got finished with them and prayed over them, and they prayed over this, they became Christians. So praise God. So that's it. Yay. Thank you. Is it I got drunk too? Oh, I got drunk too. Okay. Um, share. Which one? 
Um, Are you sharing the same story? Or? No, oh, okay. no. They're just attached. I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had. Uh, I didn't know where to go because I came in late, so I just grabbed that. Um, the um, sign for the car wash. Mm -hmm. And I'm holding it up there, and then one person comes, well, what's this about? You know, I said, well, free car wash. Well, what's it for? I said, we just want to love on you. And so he went ahead and got in there and got his babies down, and they just had fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Apparently I'm sharing now. Um, there was a lot of, you know, just awesome stuff that happened, and I love being able to see people's faces just light up whenever you just shared simple kindness. And I think that's one thing that I definitely learned. There was no huge thing that I was involved in, but I just, it was so amazing to see just kindness, how big of a ministry that is, how people will literally be brought to tears by just you being kind, and how rare that is nowadays. It's just amazing. Yeah, thank you. So uh, I did things a little bit different. I didn't really want to walk door-to-door, uh, -door, not door-to-door, to, door, to kind of ask the Lord, look, just take me where you want me to be. Let me find the ones who will receive what you have for them. And, and so two guys specifically I came up to and found. Uh, the first guy, we wound up talking for, I don't know, probably 40 minutes, 50 minutes. He told me his whole life story from the 40s on up. So the the cool thing was is his family walked up. As his family walked up, they asked who I was, and immediately, without even skipping a beat, he said, this is my friend. This is my friend. So then the next guy, I see him mowing lawns, and uh, just come up to him and, hey, man, uh, you want me to help you out? You want me to help mow lawn, you know, help get this knocked out with you? He let me help him mow his lawn. We were able to talk and pray a little bit, and, uh, and you know, a really good time. The uh, The important thing is is... I wanted to go find and help meet the needs of people, you know, actually meet their needs. And I don't really think the need is, he needed help mowing his lawn. He didn't need help mowing. You know, I didn't need to just listen. That's not what he wanted. The need as meeting was they just want to be loved. A lot of people are just looking to be loved, especially right now in this world, looking for a friendship and just a, a deep, deep love where you're not getting it. People just don't get it. People don't get it anymore. And uh, that's what they got out of it, so... No, that's good. So I was really nervous. So, I mean, I was really nervous, and God God used me yesterday. Um, so there was this lady. She was out on her front porch smoking a cigarette, and we come up to order, and we're like, hi, you know, um, we're, we're just around the neighborhood praying for people. How can we pray for you? And she was just... Like, I didn't want to come outside, but man, I turned around in my house, and something just told me to go back outside, so here I am, you know, hey guys, and uh, she was, you know, been through a lot, and we just, you know, walked her through the gospel based on those colors that Dorothy was talking about, and she prayed the prayer of salvation, and she actually, her face physically changed, like, you could see the, the chains had broken off of her, and so... Uh, we're we're supposed to meet her this Wednesday and follow up with her and just you know share the love with her. So good. I've never had so much fun at the laundromat. <laughs> it was it was wonderful just making connections. We prayed with a lot of people and they were just so open. And the fact that we were able to just be generous and to give. 
and it meant a lot. It meant a lot because because laundry's expensive, and some of the people who were there, it was like, wow, you know, such a huge blessing. And that was the main thing for me, just making that connection, praying. And I believe that's the ministry of Jesus, just going out and first meeting needs. But the first need is that love and that connection. So it was awesome. Thank you. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, y'all, come on. Come, come, come. All right, so um, I was also at the laundromat yesterday with Sue and Christy. You guys are right there, and it was such a blessing to me. And it's really hard for me to go up to people. Um, I love God with all my heart, but that's, I'll just say, that's, that's tough for me. But it was easy, and um, there was a lot of men in the laundromat yesterday, and I felt like I was able to connect with a lot of them. And two of the men that were going through a rough time, um, just financially, physically, we were able to pray for them, Pete and Nelson. And um, after Pete went through his whole story, he told, he said, hey, you want to tell him about your thing? And the guy goes, all right. Well, it turns out he had prostate cancer. And so we prayed over him. And we just felt this, like, electricity, this, this thing. And um, this has been happening a lot lately, personally to me, where my hands feel, like, tingly and, like, icy hot. And um, we just prayed for Nelson in the name of Jesus that, that the prostate cancer would be gone. And I'm just believing that it's going to be gone, and he's going to be healed, and, and the Lord is going to transform their lives dramatically. So that's my testimony. That's good. Okay. Okay, I'll make it quick. Um, I was holding the sign, like, right by the road, so didn't really have anyone to talk to. I was just, like, looking around. Hey, guys. And uh, <clears throat> then there was this man who was walking on the other side of the street past all the cars, and I just couldn't take my eyes off him for some reason. But then we made eye contact. He had this little book, um, and he was just reading it and walking all giddy. And, and then we made eye contact, and he goes, and I was like, Hi, and but it was a Bible that somebody had given him. Um, <clears throat> so I just wanted to encourage you because I know evangelism sometimes can be discouraging when you know people say no and you know bad things. But the, you you never know who who is going to receive the seed. So just want to encourage you to keep looking for the person of peace, and and God's going to move through it. So okay, yeah, real quick. Sorry, I came up delayed. I'm not okay. a public speaker. but <laughs> um, So we had two people come to Christ yesterday. And the bracelets are awesome, especially for the younger generation. But these cards are amazing. It has, like, the scriptures on them as well. The bracelets go really well with the book. We had two encounters. Uh, we first started out knocking on doors here in, in the neighborhood. We weren't having luck. So our team just decided, let's pray. Let's see where the Lord wants us to go. So kind of like a treasure hunt. Where do you want us to go, Lord? And our lead team guy asked, well, did anybody get anything? I said, I see a taco. <laughs> okay, I see a taco. So we went ahead and went over the neighborhoods. Um, Rob had told us that the streets had not been hit over here um, by Live Oak. Um, so we went over there. Still, we're having trouble with people just not answering or talking. So um, I said, you know what? There's actually a ta couple taco shops around here. So we walked around to the front, and we just felt led to go into this one taco shop. 
And um, so our team guy sat down, and he, uh, he was trying to talk to the woman behind the counter, but she didn't speak any English at all. But when we walked in, her and I, we just kind of looked around, and there's two tables that were sticking out to me and to her. Um, and it was a gentleman that had a hospital band. He had a bunch of bands on his hand, but he had, I was like, oh, I'm going to go give him a band. You know, but he had a hospital band on specifically. So um, our team guy was talking to uh, the uh, lady behind the counter, and um, he says, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. We're here for prayer, you know, if anybody needs any prayer. And so then um, uh, this gentleman back here, <laughs> um, he was with us as well. He went over to the table number seven to go talk to a gentleman over there. And uh, he wanted to recommit his life to Christ. Um, I believe he prayed with him. When I went and talked to uh, the girl, the young couple um, at table number three, we were sitting table number four. Yes, we got those numbers. And the other table is number seven. So those are all words of knowledge if y'all aren't following that. Yes. Sorry. Um, but anyways, um, so the girl that was sitting there, he got up, the guy with the bracelets, and went over to where a team guy was to get a box to for his food. And um, so I spoke with her a little bit. And she's going off to college, and she was having some fear about that. She knows about Jesus, but not really has a life with Jesus. And so the team guy was talking with him, came back over to the table. They read the book, the scriptures. Um, they didn't go with the prayer as we were trying to encourage them, but we did lead them to Christ. Now, the ironic thing was the, the whole bracelet He'd had a car accident on Saturday, and the other guy was a drunk driver. Um, he was in ICU, and, and he did die, but nothing happened to this kid except a couple cracked ribs. And um, he said that he knew some somebody or something was watching over him. So it wasn't coincidence that we were there. So, yeah. yeah. Did you have anything extra? I was just going to add that um, when we had prayed and she got tacos, I got the number three, and that was the exact table we went and sat at. And, like, when we had walked in, the first thing, like, we were both drawn to the same table. And I was like, is that a hospital band on his arm? And he, like, literally had videos, and, like, this other guy had, like, gone off into the trees, and he had stayed on the road, and he made it out. And I don't think it was coincidence. Mm -hmm. That's good. Divine appointments. They were all divine appointments. Yeah. God's so good. Um, I, I'm really excited to bring up Jason to share for a few minutes with you guys because I think it's so important. We began the weekend with worship and Jason, Jason uh, sharing. And really what it was is when you have a five-fold evangelist here and releasing an impartation, things like that, a lot of the breakthrough we saw was because of the willingness of Jason and his team to be used, but really release that over. And so I just I asked Jason, I said, it would be really amazing if you would come and share uh, and close this out on the weekend, too. So why don't y'all just give a warm welcome to Jason Evans as he comes up. Thank you, Pastor. Man, it has been an honor to be with Legacy Church. Uh, how many of you were here Friday? All right, all right. How many of you were here yesterday for Love and Real? All right, so... Uh, we were together, so that makes us friends now, okay? Right? So we're friends, so I can talk openly with you guys. Is that right? Okay, good, good, good. Uh, if you were not here yesterday, my name is Jason. I'm uh, with a ministry called Time to Revive, and it's our mission to equip the saints. Who's the saints? We are to equip the saints for the return of Christ because we believe that Jesus is coming back soon, right? And we want the bride to be ready. 
Are you ready to go? Yeah. All right. Okay. And so I live in Fort Worth, Texas. I have a beautiful wife of 18 years coming up in May. I have four children. Uh, I think there's a picture of them up here. Uh, yeah, so th that picture is a couple of years old, but my oldest is 15. Uh, my boy is 13. Then Kerrigan uh, is 10. And then my youngest, Naya, is 5. Okay, so that's my family. Those of you who weren't here the other day, now you know me. And so we're friends, okay? So now we can t speak totally open. Yeah, so in my family, I do all the cooking. I do, I just, I like to cook. I found out my wife didn't like to cook, and early on in my marriage, I realized if I was going to eat, and I like to eat, I'm going to have to do the cooking. And so we've been doing that ever since. But in my family, they do not like leftovers, my family cannot stand leftovers. They just don't. And, uh, you know, because leftovers, I admit, are not necessarily as good as the first time it's prepared. Sometimes it gets too soggy or too crispy or, you know, whatever. Uh, and, you know, when you go to a restaurant and you're there for dinner and then they give you the French fries from lunch, you, that's not as good. And you probably send that back. Um, even though we, some people might like leftovers, we can all agree that they're not as good as when it was originally prepared, right? Well, God doesn't like leftovers either. And so if you have your Bible app with you or your Bible, I want you to turn to three different scriptures. So this is gonna, you're going to take a little talent. You might have to use a couple of fingers and a note card or something to mark your spot. But here's the three scriptures I want you to turn to. Malachi chapter 1, Malachi chapter 1, Revelations chapter 1, and thirdly, 1 Peter chapter 2. Malachi 1, Revelations 1, and 1 Peter 2. And so today I just want to talk to you a little bit about leftovers. So I'm going to start reading in Malachi chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 6. It says, A son honors his father, and a slave his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty? It is you, priest, who show contempt for my name. Let's pause there for a second. Let's flip over to that Revelations chapter 1. We're going to go back to Malachi, so keep your finger there. Revelations chapter 1, starting in verse 6. I want to read. He has made us, who has he made? A kingdom of priests for God our Father. That's interesting. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Okay, now let's flip to that 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Keep Malachi. Keep your finger on Malachi now. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you, who? You are a chosen people, a royal, what? Priesthood. Huh. A holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Let's go back to Malachi. Verse 6, where we left off. It is you, priest, who show contempt for my name. Who's the priest? We are. Uh-oh. 
But you ask, how have we shown you contempt for your name? Verse 7, by offering defiled food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. Verse 8, here's the meat right here. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame, diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Verse 13, and you say, what a burden, and you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. When you bring injured, lame, or diseased animals and offer them as a sacrifice, should I accept them from your hands, says the Lord? Cursed is the cheat who has an unacceptable male and has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. Father, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak through me, that it's not my words, Lord, but it's yours. Lord, I ask that uh, you give everyone in here ears to hear. And Lord, I pray that you speak, Lord, not me. And Lord, have your way in this, ta- in this service today, in Jesus' name. Amen. So Dwight uh, D.L. Moody has a quote. I think we have it up here. I love this quote. It says, when God gave Christ to the world, he gave the best he had, and he wants us to do the same. And of course, we know John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. The father gave his son, Jesus, the best he had. He didn't just give an angel. He didn't even give like an archangel like Michael. He gave the best, the treasure of heaven, Jesus. Aren't you glad that when it came to you and when it came to me, God didn't cut corners or hold back or hesitate? Aren't you glad that he didn't consider your need too unimportant? Aren't you glad that he didn't consider the cost of his son too great? And aren't you glad he didn't say, nah, I'm too busy. Hey, this morning, we're friends, right? So I, I'm just like a thermometer. We're just taking our temperature, okay? So don't get mad at it. We're just taking our temperature, okay? Okay. If God gave his best, why do we give him our leftovers? I'm talking to myself, too. Our leftover time, our leftover money, our leftover thoughts, our leftover abilities. Why do we live for this temporary world and not eternity? It's God's love for us that drove him to give Jesus, that paid the price, to give up the most prized possession of heaven so that we could be completely forgiven, completely healed, completely set free like we prayed about this morning, completely made whole. None of us were deserving of that, but God did it anyway. So why do we hold back things that aren't ours? You know, the other day uh, in Green, the beautiful town of Green, and that sweet uh, little spot with all the activity and the shops and everything, there was a lady that was going shopping. She was hitting all the boutiques. 
And she got tired in the middle of the day from all of uh, her activity and walking. And so she wanted to take a little break, maybe relax, eat some cookies, read her book. And so it's so busy down there, there was only one chair available. And it was sitting at a table across from a gentleman reading his uh, paper. So she took that one chair, and they're sharing this table, and she gets comfortable, and she starts reading her book, and at some point, she reaches to grab her cookie, and as she's doing, the gentleman across from her, he reaches and grabs a cookie, and he takes a bite, and she, he just smiles at her, and so she kind of gives him a crazy look, but then she goes back to reading her book. A couple of minutes later, she reaches to grab the cookie. His hand's in the way because he's grabbing a cookie. She, he just looks at her and smiles. And she starts staring at him like, this guy, what, who does he think he is? Finally, a third time, she reaches to grab a cookie. He grabs it, and it's the last cookie. So he just smiles at her. She's staring, bloodshot eyes, smoke is coming out of her ears by this point. And he just smiles. He breaks the cookie in half, gives her half. He eats his half, gets his paper, and walks off. She is so mad. She is furious at this point. And so she's thinking, oh, I can't. This has ruined my little break. I, got, I can't wait to tell my husband when I get home about this crazy guy that ate all my cookies. So she grabs her bag. She puts her book in her purse. And as she's doing that, she notices her bag of cookies. She was eating the gentleman's cookies the whole time. But she was getting mad over something that was not hers, right? In Genesis chapter 22, for the sake of time, we're not going to read through the story, but we know this. This is the story of Abraham and Isaac. And Abraham's taking Isaac up the mountain, right? He's going to give him as a sacrifice. Abraham could have thought that Isaac was his. He could have for a moment kind of forgot that Isaac was a gift from God and therefore, therefore rightfully God's to claim. And so sometimes that's how we treat our own gifts, abilities, our time, like it's ours. It's not ours. It's God's and it's his because everything that we have and everything we are has been bought with a price. That's 1 Corinthians 6.20. And you and I need to be able to return our Isaacs back to God because it's his anyway. And so those are the things, our Isaacs are the things that we cherish the most. They're our treasure, right? So I'm going to do a little test. How do we know what we treasure? What sits on the throne of our hearts? Well, of course, the word tells us. So let's look at Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and starting in verse 19, it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where the moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break and steal. Listen to this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So I believe... There's more than this, but I'll just put together four because that's what people do when they're preaching. So I put together four points. I believe there's four indicators of who or what has your heart. Are you all ready? Okay. The first one, 
Where your treasure, where is the treasure of your time spent? Where you're spending your time has your heart. Number two of our indicators, where is the treasure of your money spent? Look at your checkbook and you will see what has your heart. Number three, where is the treasure of your possessions spent? And the number four indicator, where is the treasure of your thoughts spent? What you spend your time thinking about has your heart. And God doesn't demand these things dearest to us because he needs them, but it's because he knows that we need to be released from these things so that they don't control us. Does that make sense? So I have this little rope. Now, I've tried to use this illustration several times. I borrowed it from Francis Chan. I need my buddy Steve to help me out. Uh, the very last time I used this, I was in West Texas, and the rope got tangled, and the poor young man was trying to help me out. Spent the whole rest of the time I was speaking untangling rope. Hopefully Steve doesn't have that same problem. And I never got to use the illustration. But what I want to show you is this rope right here, uh, just imagine, it's pretty long, uh, but that it goes on forever. I want this rope to represent eternity, okay? <laughs> it might take eternity to unravel it. Thank you, Pastor. These guys are amazing. Can we give it up for these guys right here? They're doing awesome. Obviously, I am not a Boy Scout, and uh, I did not uh, tie my uh, rope up like I should have. But imagine as they're making this rope go all the way around the sanctuary, uh, and it will go far, that it goes on out the door, it goes through town, it goes out of the state of Texas, it wraps around the world, it goes into our solar system, even past it, into galaxies and galaxies that we can't even imagine. This rope goes on forever. Okay, so on this rope of all eternity, notice our rope keeps going. This little orange part here at the end represents our time here on earth. Now, I want you to take a look. It's a long time for me to Pastor Jay, and then all the way to the back. Now we've wrapped around that way, and now we're actually out going out of the building. Eternity is a long time, guys, okay? This little orange part is our time on earth. We only have a few short years here on earth, and all of eternity somewhere else. So, why is all that we think about this orange part? Why would I do everything that I can to be as comfortable as I can on this orange part? I want to try to enjoy myself as much as I can. I want to do the best I can, which we do want to do the best we can. But we're, do we live for that little orange part or for the rest of eternity? We only have one life. We only have one chance. When everyone around us is living for the orange part, I want to challenge you to live for eternity. So in the primary Christian things that we do, what's our motivation? 
you know, I'm just talking about like when we pray, when we worship, when we come to church, when we journal, when we have our quiet time, when we're in our small group. What, 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 what are, why are we doing that? What's our motivation? Is it because that we should? Is it because we need to be a good example? Is it because uh, my mama did it? Uh, is it because I feel guilty if I don't? Am I trying to avoid hell? Why, why are we doing this? Or is it because our motivation is Jesus is so amazing, he's so awesome, he's so worthy, he's so loving, he's so desirous that I just want to be in his presence all the time. Can I show you something scary? I got a lot of scripture verses for you, so I apologize in advance, but if you're writing these down, you can go back and check them out later. Again, you're going to put your finger in two spots, okay? Number one is Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, and the second one is Revelations chapter 3. Philippians 3, Revelation 3. Put your finger in. Now, I want to show you something a little scary here, okay? We're okay. We're friends, right? Okay, okay, okay. Y'all didn't say it as enthusiastic that time, though. (laughs) Are we friends? Okay, praise God. Okay, Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 17, and I'm reading the Amplified version in this one. It says, brothers and sisters, together follow my example and observe those who live by the pattern we gave you. For there are many, say many, of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, who live as enemies of the cross of Christ, rejecting and imposing his way, whose fate is destruction, whose God is their belly, their worldly appetite, their sensuality, their vanity, and whose glory is in their shame, who focus their mind on earthly and temporal things, but are different because we are different because our citizenship is in heaven. And from there, we eagerly await the coming of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who's Paul writing this to? The church. He wants to make sure that the church is focused, that we're pressing towards the mark, not getting lost in the temporary things around us. Everything that we do down here, when we see Jesus, is either going to bring reward or regret. Let's look at that Revelations chapter 3. Starting in verse 14. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one, verse 16, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. That's not a good thing, guys. Verse 17, you say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. This sounds like the church in America. I I see a lot. Okay. Verse 19. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Verse 22. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to who? The churches. 
I got another D.L. Moody quote up here, and this, this one actually is my favorite. Our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding at something that doesn't matter. Let me say that again. Our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding at something that doesn't really matter. What are we succeeding at? What are we doing with our life? This little orange part. Do we really, really, really believe what we say? If we do, shouldn't our lives look different than what the world's look? Do we really love Jesus as much as Netflix or the Dallas Cowboys? We're friends, right? <laughs> Do we want to be with him all the time? We just, you know when you're away from someone for a little while and you just can't wait to see him? You know, the last couple of days I've been with you guys, and it's been amazing. But my wife and kids that I showed you have been back at the house. And uh, yesterday evening, Pastor Jay took me to dinner. It was amazing. He gave me a tour of the town. He showed me downtown Green, which was not far away from where I was staying. It was a beautiful area. It looked super fun. And even Pastor Jay mentioned, hey, you know, you're not, you know, if you don't have anything to do the rest of the afternoon, which I didn't, you know, you can come down here and just hang out. And the, having the live music, I love all that stuff. I thought it would be great. But you know what I did instead? I sat outside of the place I was staying, and I FaceTimed my wife and kids because I missed them. Now, the other stuff was fun, but I longed to see my wife and kids, so I talked to them the whole afternoon, and I, I didn't go anywhere else. I just stayed at the house. Because when you love someone, you long to see them. You want to be with them. You want to see their face. Do we love Jesus like that? Remember when you were younger and you might have had your first boyfriend or girlfriend, and y'all would talk on the phone. It was a landline back then, right? And you're on the phone, and it's getting late, and your mom is like, hang up the phone! And so you're like, oh, I gotta go. My mom's telling me I gotta go. Um, but I, I don't want to hang up, so you hang up first. And they're like, no, no, you hang up. And like, no, I, I can't hang up. You gotta hang up. No, no, you hang up. And you're like, okay, on the count of three, we're gonna hang up. Okay, yeah, same time, right? One, two, three. You didn't hang up. You didn't hang up. Do you remember that? Have we built up a cozy home for ourselves here in this temporary time that we spend? Are we too comfortable? Do we have passion for Jesus? Is the love of our life him? Are we okay? Okay, I'm just making sure. Remember, we're just taking our temperature. I'm not saying this is you. It is me, but it's not necessarily you. We're just taking our temperature, okay? I guarantee that the people we encountered yesterday when we were loving on our neighborhood don't care about your house, your car, your job. They are desperate and searching for hope. They are desperate and searching for Jesus. They may not know that's what they're searching for, but they are. And if we are serving up our leftovers then we are going to look just like them to them. And they, I promise, they want real. They do not want our stale leftover. Does that make sense? They're not going to listen to us unless we're giving them the real deal, not our leftovers. So I want to close out with this. 
And Van, if you want to come just kind of hang out or my, my keyboard guy, he is amazing, by the way. Psalms 42.1 says this. As the deer pants for streams of water, my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Sometimes we just read that and gloss over it. But I want you to hear the desperation in the, psalm's vo- in the psalmist's voice. He's desperate as the deer who's dying of thirst is panting and lapping up that water. My soul thirsts for God. Do we find ourselves pursuing Jesus more than any other relationship? Are we thirsty for him? Does our soul pant for him? Does he alone sit on the throne of our heart? I'll show you one other thing. While I was in green the other day, I noticed this interaction. There was an older couple, very seasoned, been married a long time, and they were driving their old pickup truck through town. And they came to a stoplight. And on the other side of the intersection was a young couple, a newlywed couple. And they're in their brand new truck. And they look so sweet, and they're so in love, and they're still in that honeymoon stage. And the lady, uh, the young married woman, was all up, you know, on her husband as she's, he's trying to drive the truck. And the seasoned older lady with her husband looked at him and said, how come we don't sit that close anymore? And the older gentleman driving the old pickup truck with a little grin, looks over at his beautiful wife of many years and says, baby, I haven't moved. Y'all, church. Church, God hasn't moved. If we're feeling distant from him, it's because we moved. Do we have a craving for heaven? Are we satisfied? Are we satisfied with this orange dot? And I I know it's easy to get delusions and start getting satisfied with this orange dot. Don't make this earth our home. Don't set up our mansion in a trailer park. Our citizenship is in heaven. What's it gonna be like when we see Jesus? Have you thought about that this week? I want to challenge you to fall in love with Jesus again. And you might say, Jason, that sounds like a great idea, but how do I do that? There's an old song we used to sing when I was growing up in church. And it goes like this. It says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Y'all remember that? That's the answer. When we turn our eyes on Jesus and focus on him, the things of this earth that seem so great, they just start fading away. Maybe you need to renew your vows with Jesus today. Maybe you just need to fall in love with him again. Just spend some time with him. 
Remember, we read Revelations a little bit early. Be earnest and repent. Maybe we need to repent for falling in love with lesser things. What have we done this week that matters in the light of eternity? What have we done that will see results on the eternity side of the rope? What have we done that doesn't matter and won't be remembered? It ends on this little orange part. Time's short, God. But we also have to remember, man, this is serious business. Matthew 25, 13 says, Therefore be alert, because you do not know either the day or the hour. Weak church. We can't play around. We can't wait and put it off to, hey, maybe, you know, maybe next year, love New Brunswick, and I'm going to be all in. No, no. Uh, today. Today's the day. If we want to see revival, we can't expect to see that if we're given our leftovers. He loves you so much that he gave his best for you. He longs to be with you. Don't give him your leftovers. So I want everybody in here to bow your head and close your eyes. And I have two groups of people that I want to talk to. The first one is a group that you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You maybe heard about him. Maybe you know a little bit about him but you don't know him. And he wants to be closer to you than your spouse. He wants to be closer to you than your mama. He wants to have this most intimate relationship with you. He gave his best for you. And we know that we've all sinned, we've messed up, we've fallen short, and that sin leads to separation for him. And that that breaks his heart. But he loved us so much, he gave us best. He paid the price that we owed for that sin and death. He covered it. And all we have to do is receive this free gift, put our faith in Jesus, and he gives us new life. New life here, but new life for all eternity. If you're here today and you don't have that relationship with Jesus, or you're not sure about it, and you want to have that, if you want to surrender and make Jesus Lord, no one's looking around. I want you to stand up right where you're at. If that's you, and you want to make Jesus Lord, I want you to stand up. I'm just going to spend a couple of seconds right here. Jesus was beaten, battered, bruised, naked, on a cross for me. I can stand up with everybody with their eyes closed for him. Father, I thank you that there's no hands, no one standing up in this room 
So I take that to believe that every person in this room has made a choice to follow you. So Lord, I thank you for your salvation, for your redemption, for your freedom that you've given to every person in this room. And Lord, I pray that they walk it out with boldness. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that they not only have this deep relationship with you, but they share it with everyone that they come in contact with. And Lord, that you have given them the power, you've equipped them to do so. I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Now, the second group that I want to talk to right quick is probably every person in this room, maybe. Some of you might say, there was a time in my life when I accepted Jesus, but somewhere along the way, I've gotten distracted. I've lost sight of my first love, and I've given God my leftovers. But I want to, A, rekindle that relationship. If that's you, I want you to stand up where you're at right now. Come on. standing up, I want you to pray this with me. Lord, change me. Change me. Awaken me to my first love. I want to long for you like a bride for a bridegroom. Like the deer pants for the water. You deserve my best, not my leftovers. Please forgive me for falling in love with lesser things. You are my treasure. I renew my vows with you today. Come on. I want to live for eternity, not just the orange dot. I love you, Jesus. Everything I have is yours. My time my money, my possessions, my thoughts, my talents, my dreams, they're all yours in Jesus' name. Now, I think you might want to just spend some time with Jesus right now. Just tell him how much you love him, how you adore him. Go ahead, church. Come on. We can do that together. Just tell him how much you love him. Rekindle that relationship with your first love. He wants to be that intimate time with you. As we close out this morning, uh, just reminded of a story my spiritual father, Jack Taylor, said when he was walking through the Swiss Alps and the Lord asked him, Jack, how you doing? And he said, I, I think I'm doing well, but I've been thinking about your greatest commandment, which is to love you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the Lord, if, to be honest with you, if I was to give myself a report card grade, I'd say I could maybe give myself a B minus. Jack said the Lord started chuckling. He says, Jack, do you think I'm looking for your love? Human love is up, down, in and out, and it's always highly conditional. And he says, the Lord says, let me love you 
And with that same love, love me back. And then you can love your neighbors and love yourself. And so what you just received right now is you're receiving the love of the Father that was not determining, determinant on your ability to love him. And so let's just freely receive that love and continually free, freely give it away. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for what you're doing, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this renewing of the vows, Lord, this rededication back into a love that is greater than temporal love, but it's your eternal love for us. And we ask, Lord God, that impartation that comes, Lord, that we can freely give away and see lives transformed. And we declare this right now in Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen. Come on, won't y'all give a shout of praise one more time? Thank you so much for joining us as we seek first after God's kingdom and release it to transform lives and cities. If you would like more information about how to grow in the kingdom or connect with Legacy, go to our website, www.legacynb.com.